This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with our multimedia analyst. I'd like to call him my digital guru, Derek Konofalski, and I'm very happy to welcome our first remote guest to the pod, Ben Berkowitz, CEO and founder of C-Click Fix. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dana. So exciting. So in case our listeners don't know, C-Click Fix is an app and platform that citizens can use to report non-emergency 311 type issues, and then government officials can respond and communicate to make improvements in their cities and in their citizens' lives. So we just returned from your winter conference a few weeks ago, and I thought it was a really amazing experience to get to meet others from cities across the country who are also you know, dealing with the same issues that we all are and are in the process of either using or implementing C-Click Fix. So I'd love to have you tell us about how you came up with the idea for C-Click Fix and when you saw an opportunity in your own community to improve it. So tell us about that. Sure. And, and thanks for hosting me this morning. And also thanks for speaking at our winter workshop. Both of you really inspired the crowd and we really appreciated oh, it. Oh, it was well, thanks. Yeah, that was we a great time. We had a great time. So I started C-Click Fix what feels like a long time ago. Um, in the fall of 2007, I was standing in my backyard in New Haven, Connecticut, and I was looking at a piece of graffiti on the side of a neighbor's building, a commercial lot that abutted our residential condos. Uh, my dog was standing with me at the time, um, and for some reason he was barking at this piece of graffiti that's mor- that morning, um, like literally sit- <laughs> sitting there barking at the wall. He's a puggle, so there's not much rationale to what he does, but he was clearly targeting the graffiti. Um, oh, how funny. And so uh, I, I decided, I knew that based on previous interactions, I was not going to get to a resolution on getting this this graffiti removed with my neighbor. And so I, I decided I had to call um, City Hall. And so when I called City Hall, I one, it was very hard to actually figure out who I was supposed to call in City Hall. Um, but after navigating the city's website uh, and finally landing on what is known as the Livable Cities Initiative, I started calling folks there. Um, I left a number of voicemails trying to find out about graffiti ordinances in the city and also how we could get the specific uh, graffiti removed. And at some point while I was waiting on hold, um, I had this thought that this conversation probably was not going to go anywhere. I just felt a bit hopeless, but then in the kind of same moment had this a similar thought that it would be interesting if these types of requests for service um, were publicly documented uh, so that my neighbors could see them as well. Cause I had this general sense that my neighbors were the ones who were taking the time to speak up and try to connect with city hall. We're not having uh, constructive or we're having equally unconstructive conversations or no conversations at all. Um, so that was the impetus for C-Click Fix. Um, friends and I sat down on a weekend and said we're going to spend four hours uh, trying to create a prototype of a solution to this problem. Uh, and what we came up with was a little Google map that allowed anywhere, anyone, anywhere to uh, publicly document something that was broken in the public space. Um, and then it took us about three months to figure out how to actually uh, 
take those publicly documented requests, um, like a pothole or a graffiti or a street, piece of graffiti or a streetlight that was out, and route them based on geography uh, to um, the right city official or accountable agency. And at the point we got that piece of Cyclifix uh, launched, we decided um, that the product was, at least the alpha version of the product, was ready to go, and we started having folks test it out around the country. It's amazing. Like, to me, just, just hearing, you know, you identified a problem, obviously, because I think it's really fascinating hearing about any kind of technology. You think It almost seems like a lot of the times every problem has already been solved. You know, I know that's mm. not the case, but, like, to innovate with something like that, and all it took was for you to have a problem, be like, uh, this isn't going anywhere. And then I can't even imagine how many other people probably had that exact same experience reporting maybe even that same piece of graffiti or maybe, you know, something else and just getting that feeling that, oh, this is a dead end right here. This is going nowhere. And well, that's right. And it was the collective pain, I think, that, re- and it continues mm-hmm. to be the collective pain that is the, is a collective motivator, right? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, that, yeah. I, like a lot of people, have a lot of ideas for businesses or solutions, but most of them fall flat because you don't get the feedback from those first few friends you tell, or you see that the problem is, you know, isolated to a small group of people. Um, this is a, this continues to be a problem that is, uh, um, you know, experienced by everyone everywhere in the world, right? Like this, this feeling that you are, you know, this feeling of frustration with, with kind of moving the public space forward or the shared public space forward. And that, and, and then you're met with this typically met with a solution where you're supposed to have this obvious, this very, um, uh, shared conversation in, in a one-to-one environment doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, you know, there's, there's all these tools that are hands right now for in our hands right now from, you know, the smartphone to, to uh, our expectations of social interactions on the web uh, that really make, uh, solving the problem possible. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things. I think we we looked at when we were looking for a three one one solution. We looked at a few different, you know, platforms or a few different mm-hmm. apps. And I think the thing that I liked about C Click Fix the most, um, for me personally, was that that kind of social aspect to it. Mm-hmm. That that you you know it has the ability for people to vote if they see an issue at the same time. Because um, you know we talked about it a little bit, but like three one one apps in general are mostly for the people who you know are, are complaining about something. So right off right. the bat, they're submitting a request to fix something that that you know it. They, they're not starting off neutral, or they're not starting off in like a positive frame of mind. They're they're using the app or they're using the system. They're they're contacting you from a mostly negative space. You know, they're right. they're your interaction with them is already starting off negative. And then the whole point of it is that you're you're kind of pooling this frustration um, and then solving the issue. Which then at the same time you're pooling that kind of like congratulatory or you know like celebratory. Yeah. Um, feeling when you actually close an issue. And, and that's the other thing that I like about C-Click Fix is that, you know, I've, I've talked to Josh, um, the product designer, and I really like yeah. how 
everyone in, in your organization views those closed requests as celebratory. Like we right. fix something, Problem, you know, yeah. and especially nowadays, like you hear during the election and all the, you know, through the entire political process that like, Oh, I'm just one person. I can't do anything. Like I'm just right. one person. Like mm-hmm. it, it, and there's no way mm-hmm. I'm going to fix an issue that, yeah, actually you can. And, you know, 311 apps, C-Click Fix, stuff like that is like the perfect avenue for people to just kind of dip their toe into the, uh, you know, civic engagement pool. Like, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, absolutely. Go. I mean, I think you all and Gilbert as well, I think, have a real handle on what it means to um, to engage citizens in a way that includes them um, and really lets them feel ownership in the process. You know, as much ownership as you all feel as public servants. Um uh, you know, I saw the the, the uh, Gilbert video, um, and uh, you know, it's, I think that's a really smart idea to include the community and effectively a dance off that celebrates the city. Yeah, um, we talk all about that community pride, right? Like that feeling right. that people <laughs> when they and it's the same thing with our interactions on social media. You know, when people get excited about where they live. Um, you know, and when they feel like they're a part of it and a part of your government. I mean, I feel that way. We do a digital state of the town every year and it's a video. How often do your residents get to see your elected officials or hear from your man, your city manager about, you know, the work they're doing and improving your life. And I think, you know, again, just that medium, it's just a lot more powerful and meaningful. Um, I'm curious, Ben, what kind of, what was your experience like when you first approached the first city? I'm assuming it was New Haven. Is that the first city you worked with? What, what were you met with? You know, how did you get their buy-in for something like this? Cause I always talk about changing mindsets in government. And I know I'm sure this is a common theme you run into in every city, but if there's cities out there listening who are thinking about implementing something like this, I think, um, you know, a lot of times in government, we tend to be a little fearful, um, not only just of technology, but of, of having problems, be, you know, come to light or be highlighted, or maybe we won't have the resources to fix those problems. And so we talk a lot about, you know, changing a mindset. Or even just maybe it'll make us look bad. Right, right, exactly. Um, And so tell me about what you were met with when you first approached, you know, your first city hall about implementing something like this. Sure. So in New Haven, people started to use the application. Um, A few residents were actually helping to solve some of the problems on their own. Uh, the city started responding almost immediately. Um, specifically, the contractor that was working for the Livable Cities initiative at the time um, was put to work really quickly. Uh, I had this experience right after we launched where uh, someone had come out and vandalized uh, close to 20 buildings um, on our street. Uh, and I, I went out and um, documented each issue on C-Click Fix, um, and the, the local aldermen, the this Livable City Initiative, uh, as well as the local business improvement district all um, got alerts uh, from the reports I was posting. Uh, and I came out maybe three or four hours afterwards, and there were these folks who had already removed a couple of the tags I'd never seen them before, um, the pieces of graffiti. Um, and uh, I, I walked up to one of them and I, um, I asked them how they knew the graffiti was there. And they said, oh, we got this notification from our boss, got this notification from this website. 
um, I thought, oh my god, this this is amazing. This actually works because in the beginning <laughs> yeah. I didn't think like things were going to get fixed. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so there was there was that like the system itself nudged the city in a in a direction um, to resolve the issues, uh, but that didn't mean we didn't have a lot of work to do on our end to help the tool become more useful for city hall and um, to. We really there. I think we really owe the credit um, to a few individuals. Um, there's a public works person in the city of Houston um, who wanted to use the application on Blackberries at the time for documenting their own work um, in the field. Um, and then uh, um, the chief administrative officer for the city of New Haven at the time. Uh, a man named Rob Smuts um, also kind of showed us what systems they were using internally and what systems they were using externally to try to collect information from the public um, and how those systems were kind of coming up short and where we could help them fill the gap. Um, Because arguably we had solved one of the harder problems, which was engaging residents in a constructive way. A lot of times... um, you know, uh, these, these web interfaces, uh, that get put out, don't get used, um, or they don't get used constructively. And, um, through a combination of photo documentation, so allowing a user to, or a citizen to upload a photo of what they wanted fixed, as well as the kind of public piece of the report, the social piece, um, as well as kind of the the supporting of an, an existing post, as Derek mentioned, um, all of these mechanisms made this form of service request management much more engaging. Um, and for us, that you know, the, that like students or children of the social web, like that, all made sense. Um, we were just copying what Facebook or Twitter would have done, right, mm-hmm. um, and applying it to government. But we had a lot. And continue to have a lot to learn about what happens inside of City Hall. Um, and I think one of the wonderful things about the hometown of C-Click Fix, New Haven, is that um, the city really embraces um, the participation of citizens. And when citizens say they want to help, they are invited in. And as case in point, I am recording this live right now from... <laughs> Uh, the New Haven Parks Department, where I had a meeting this morning at nine o'clock uh, with three um, fellow skateboarders uh, and the a city engineer and the head of the Parks Department um, to put an RFP together to improve a skate park, which has been here for 18 years. Um, That's amazing. The fact that they have like this, yeah, the Citizen Commission, you know, I mean, it's just, um, I think it's, it's, uh, we will get a better product as a result. And, and when I say product, I don't just mean the skate park itself, but like we will get a better city because the other three, you know, skateboarders who probably have not been involved in public process too much Mm -hmm. previously are now going to, you know, they're going to feel like they built it. It's the like metaphorical equivalent of like writing your name in the, in the city sidewalk or whatever, when the, when the concrete gets poured. Yeah, totally. Ben, what's your, uh, you, you may have mentioned this in, in previous conversations, but, uh, what, what's your background? Because you, I mean, you're obviously not like a government person. And I feel right. like one of the things that, that 
here in Gilbert is kind of unique about us is that a lot of us are not your typical government employees, you know, not, not to, not to generalize or knock government employees, you know, who have, yeah. who have been in it for life. Cause obviously they're, they're doing good things, but I just, I feel like a lot of this um, conversation about citizen engagement mainly comes from people who are not your typical government employees, um, you know, getting involved in government and then kind of making that change through that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess I used a few tools at my disposal. Um, one, I so I was a web designer by trade and a graphic designer. I'm definitely leaning heavier on the design side than the software development side. Um, but I can write code. I'm can write code dangerously enough to create something that mm-hmm. could work halfway. Um, uh, but I also um, a few other things that kind of contributed to the birth of C click fix and my engagement. Um, the, first of all, some of the websites I was building were for, um, philanthropic organizations, which help manage the public space or help solve public problems from the outside, outside of government. One of them, uh, was the new Haven land trust. Um, and I actually had a lot of experience through the new Haven land trust using the Google maps, uh, uh, interface. Um, and so that's where I got some of the design paradigms for C-Click Fix. Um, and we leveraged Google Maps quite a bit early on, still do. Um, uh, the other piece is that I actually was a construction manager with my dad's um, uh, general contracting firm uh, for a few years out of college um, and had built buildings from the ground up um, which means that you deal with many departments of the city, um, as well as kind of planners and wetlands folks. And so I kind of had an understanding of how bureaucracy worked through, through those processes. Um, and then lastly, I was running a neighborhood association, uh, which was a mixed use, uh, residential commercial, uh, neighborhood association on a busy, uh, and historic, uh, street in, in New Haven where I live. And so I had a lot of experience through that organization, uh, with, with participation from, from the outside of government. Nice. Yeah. I love hearing stories of like people's backgrounds and how, like what their journey was that took them to the, the place that they are now, especially yeah. just cause you know, like I said, our organization, especially our team here is really different. You know, my background is not, not too dissimilar from yours, but I started off as a web designer. I've been doing web design and web development since I was like 16 because I wanted to make websites for video games, you know, and then right. I, I went into art and design. And then through that, I, you know, I, I did a little bit of training for Apple. And then after that, you know, I kind of went back into web development and then now somehow I ended up in government because I volunteered for the nonprofit that Gilbert has out here. So, And I think mm. that all ties into that mindset, right? I hear all the time from my counterparts in other cities who have staff that they feel, you know, they've had forever. So for example, they have an AV tech who's been running audio and video for them for maybe public meetings. And now they want them to do high quality video production. You know, they want to transform what they have. And I think thinking about it differently, thinking about bringing new talent, finding people who have, you know, varying backgrounds and bring different skills skill sets and different ideas, again, 
changing that mindset of how we operate, how we interact with our citizens, you know, what we're here to do and, and why we're serving in these roles. I think it's, it's just really interesting. And, you know, I think with C-Click Fix, especially one of the things that we hear a lot of times, we're a very lean organization. I'm sure, you know, many cities are, but we're like extraordinarily lean and kind of, you know, known for that. And I think the staff at times get overwhelmed with something like this because they think, oh, you know, we hear a lot of, well, we don't, you know, we don't have anyone that really works at night that could see when streetlights are out or that could fix streetlights at night and so forth. And I mean, we hear it runs the gamut, you know, you hear everything. And what we've said and what Derek always talks about when we're meeting with people who are, you know, now going to be using C-Click Fix, because we're actually in the implementation process, but we're going to be launching soon. Um, they say, you know, Derek says, well, instead, now you have the data that shows that a, these problems exist, and B, you need, you don't have, and you need the resources to fix these problems. And so this right. makes your case that now, because we have this, you know, budget process, we call it the Hunger Games, where we go in with what we want, you know, ask for, oh and it's like, you want a new printer? How dare you ask for a new printer? You know, um, someone asked for new filing cabinets one year, and I always say, like. I can tell you if you're a Gilbert taxpayer, you can rest assured because we talk about everything down to should we be providing bottled water at events. And so, you know, again, that mindset, uh, changing it, thinking about, you know, for I always talk about what we do digitally is so much more cost effective than mm. printing mailers. And I had a couple people at your um, winter workshop come up to me after and say, said a light bulb went off. Like, I don't know why we print our annual report every year for forty dollars to $50,000 and are sending it to everyone. You know, who? how often do we check our mail? You know? Right, so I just right. think, again, to me, it doesn't seem like it's rocket science, but I'm sure you run into this when you go to implement this technology, which I always talk about. This is meant to make your lives easier. This is meant to totally. make your lives better, yeah. you know? So tell me about some of the experiences you've had, you know, changing mindsets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think you're right. I mean, change management internally in government in any organization, um, especially a large organization, um, is difficult. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's been a few there's been a few lessons we've learned along the way that we've continued to strengthen. Um, one is that um, public documentation of a service request to those who have not experienced that before um, can be perceived as a no shoot moment where it's where where the future. Um, it looks concerning because because the public official or employee is worried that suddenly all eyes will be on their performance. Um, and I think the reality, and so that appears like to be a stick um, in a way where um, I think what's forgotten, and, and we've continued to kind of reinforce this, is that the carrot is the gratitude. Um, because uh, I think what most citizens forget um, is that, and, and where they lack empathy, historically have lacked, and we've lacked empathy is that, um, you know, our public resources are incredibly constrained. Um, and that's, you know, not just a soundbite when you put in place, um, a system like this, you can actually see all of the other people who are asking for services. Um, and, and when you can see that other people are asking for services, you have more perspective on, on the bigger picture. 
that your particular service request sits within. Um, and then it's important to provide a place where the citizen can actually say thank you, right? Um, so there's literally a thank you button on C-Click-Fix that when your issue is closed out, you get an email that says your issue has been fixed by the city of Gilbert. Um, if you, you know, agree with this and, and want to offer your gratitude, click here. Um, and so it adds a little thank you message, uh, which is publicly posted on the, the request, but it's also emailed along with a group of other issues to at the end of the week to the person who's fixed the issue. Um, and I think, you know, that gratitude piece is huge for, um, again, it's the carrot for reminding folks internally that like they have been doing their job successfully for a long time, but they've not been getting appreciation for it. Um, and, and, you know, historically you look, you might look at social media and say, oh, this is just a place for griping without, without any kind of focused resolution. Um, and it's true that that is a lot of social media, but that is not what this is. This is a social request management platform where there is the intent that something is going to be fixed. And, um, and so people are more respectful when they show up. I talked to, um, I talked to one of our partners, a city manager in Shawnee, Kansas, um, a couple weeks ago. And she was saying that, um, they're leveraging the platform uh, to make a case against uh, the national waste hall or waste ma management because uh, they have they have a large dump um, in Shawnee. It's one of the largest dumps, I think, in the United States. Um, and it's started to smell funny. Um, and as opposed to the city just being bombarded with phone calls about an issue which they actually can't resolve on a one-off basis, um, it's it started to be documented on Cyclic Fix in a more constructive way, and they can actually leverage that against um, waste management to help solve their problem, right? So it's a really good example of like the city and the citizens working together hand in hand where it's not creating an extra burden of communication on the city because they're having this kind of one-to-many and many-to-many -many conversation where they're actively working to resolve the problem. That's amazing. I wonder if we'll ever get to like the, you know, there's a lot of data that's generated by C-ClickFix. And I, I yeah. find your, like the comment that you said about the the thanks, the thank yous, the number of thank yeah. yous and that kind of being like gratification for people. I wonder if at any point a government will get to the point where like the number of thanks that somebody got for a resolution is like part of their performance review right. or like right. part of the metrics that they're yeah. judged by. Like, hey, you got a lot of thanks on that. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that just seems really funny to me, but it, yeah. it seems like something that actually may potentially work or that could happen. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, it's important, right? Because if you say you could, the metric, the most obvious metric would be to tie your performance to the number of fixed issues, right? Or like the time to resolve. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, that that's just pointing to... Um, how well you're performing at maintaining the infrastructure, but you're forgetting about why you're maintaining the infrastructure, right? You're maintaining the infrastructure for the humans, um, for the most part, right? And so if the humans are gracious and appreciative, um, it, I think that really is a better performance metric, um, uh, for, for a lot of organizations. Yeah. It's and a more complicated one, but it, it certainly like it shows success in a new way. I think it also too, I, I, um, I agree a hundred percent because if you look at like even social 
video games, which, you know, gamification is like a big thing nowadays for, for incentivizing things for people. Yes. And I think that, you know, if you, if you just look at the number of issues that have been fixed, really all that incentivizes an employee to do is to get that low hanging fruit. That's easy just so that they can get those numbers up. It's the really challenging issues, the ones that may take more time, more effort, more resources or whatever that are going to get the most thank yous or the most appreciation from the community rather than the, just, you know, the little ones that, yeah, they're, they might be annoying or whatever, but it's not like an, an issue that ultimately affects a lot of people, but it may be right. really easy to fix. So mm-hmm. you just kind of get the, the people that, you know, will just do it to tick off a couple boxes or to, to get the stuff off their plate without really considering, you know, how much of an impact that issue might actually have. So it's interesting. I'll tell you, um, one of the things I'm most excited about with C Click Fix is this a little bit of product development that we're doing over the next um, few months. So um, it's specifically around planned and scheduled work. Um, and I, I guess I'll talk about this from the perspective of where we came from first. So when you think about C Click Fix or you think about 311, uh, you think about um, the city responding or being reactive, right? Um, I have this problem here. You didn't know about this problem until today. Can you come out and fix this problem, right? Like that's the general mm-hmm. paradigm of 311. Um, and the reality is that we've done a good job at helping cities solve that problem, right? Like how to respond to it. But it doesn't mean that that's the only work that the city is doing, of course, to maintain the public space. And it, and, and in fact, it's actually typically the least amount of work the city is doing to maintain the public space. So most work um, that a public works employee is doing or code enforcement or someone else, um, a city inspector, uh, is planned work. Um, and um, just like in software development, you have to plan you know, your features um, along while providing time for, for patching the bugs. Um, and, but, but one thing that's kind of interesting about cyclic fix is that we've made in most cities we've worked with, we have only really made the reactive piece transparent and open to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so we started building out this preventative maintenance tool that lets you schedule work out in the future. And the intent of this was initially um, for smaller towns that don't have an asset management system but do have a thousand storm drains they need to inspect next year and need a piece of software or could make use of a piece of software to kind of um, uh, make their work more efficient. Um, and I think, you know, to me, when we first started working on this, like it was a kind of wonky but important thing that we were building for our government partners um, for the sake of creating efficiency, not necessarily for the sake of public engagement. Um, But I've actually gotten really excited about it recently because I realized that like, if we can get our small towns um, as well as bigger cities where, where we are integrated with an existing larger um, uh, asset management system to possibly make public the work that they are doing in the future, we can actually add this, public feedback loop this like of gratitude to um the planned and scheduled work um and and i think that will kind of take 
um, civic engagement to a whole nother level because um, there's a there's a couple different um, interfaces in cyclic fix and they're they're growing where if you go to report an issue, so this is true on the cyclic fix Android app, if you go to report or request a service, we'll actually show you requests nearby that match the request type so if, uh, that you can follow along with that request as opposed to reporting a new one if it's going to be a duplicate. Um, so you can imagine that paradigm working really well if um, a stretch of road is about to be paved or it's going to be paved in the summer, right? And so as opposed to um, 20 pothole requests being reported, people are, you know, this preventative, this planned work is, is publicly viewable. Uh, and as people go to request service, they get a note that says, hey, here's this, you know, the city's actually planning on, on repaving this road. Do you want to follow along with the road construction? Um, and so I think that's just a way of like, you know, this has certainly come from a place of reacting, but I think there's a, a future and the kind of next step in engagement is in getting the citizen bought into kind of the future of work in a city um, and helping a city uh, leverage majority of their work to tell a bigger picture of um, uh, public space maintenance and, and citizen engagement. That's a that's an awesome point. Um, and you mentioned it, so I just kind of want to... Uh, ask a, I guess, a follow-up question to that. The f the future, what is what is the future? I mean, you, you just mentioned something that is like the next couple months yeah. down the line for C-Click Fix, but what do you see as like the, the long-term future of something like C-Click Fix or, you know, even just the future of citizen engagement? Yeah. Well, one thing that's been really interesting to me um, with C-Click Fix is that it's become an informal social network for a lot of the users and communities where it's heavily used, right? Um, and it's kind of an interesting social network because people are coming together just like any social network because of a common interest. But in this case, the common interest is one that is really proximate to them, um, physically proximate to them. They're, they're actually neighbors. Um, and not necessarily like, neighbors as in they live next to each other but their kids may go to the same school so they care about the same public space around the school yeah. or it's near their work or whatever right so it, like it actually gets to a much like more personal neighborhood level personally defined neighborhood level um uh and so we've built some really interesting social interactions around the service requests um that have been useful in, in providing more more active and constructive dialogue. But the, the one thing we haven't added yet that I, um, I really would like to get into C-Click Fix is the ability for individual residents to message each other if they want um, personally, because we found that the platform is a way to kind of organize and get together at a local level mm -hmm. um, um, under the kind of context of like previously constructive conversation, right? Um, uh, it's not just a group of people like getting up and just being angry. You're connecting a group of people that are getting up and are communicating in a way that's helpful, and so um, that that very much is a, a network of loose ties. Uh, and I think adding um, uh, direct messaging will create a network of uh, of tighter ties um, in a, in a place where we really need it as a society, where we really need people that are solution focused. Um, 
uh, and willing to get roll up their sleeves to, to participate in the act of governance, self-governance, co-governance, um, uh, and, you know, and, and democracy at a broader level. I love it. I can think of one example here in Gilbert. We're going to be adding an, a very crucial interchange uh, on our freeway here uh, that's mm. really got to help us with connectivity to the rest of the valley and as we're kind of building along this business corridor. And uh, we're running into a lot of, you know, pushback from the residents that are nearby. And so we've been having a series of public meetings, but I think this would be a great way for people to be able to voice their concerns about a road project that's going to impact, you know, a large part of, of Gilbert. And in a, you know, without having to have, when you were saying it, I was thinking, you know, yeah, because now it's, you know, create a group on Facebook or, you know, have a public meeting or a series of public meetings. And you know, you're probably getting the same people who are co coming to all those meetings. But if you did something like this through C-Click Fix, you could connect people in a positive way. And they totally. also could stay informed about projects like this. So I think this sounds amazing. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's that's a great way to use it for sure. I, I would love to see you all do that and follow along with it. I've seen it done either proactively by the city um, where they're, you know, they're saying here's the construction updates and also like give us feedback on this project, design ideas, et cetera, as it evolves. Um, and also, you know, citizens who have rallied together and said like this intersection is unsafe and here are our thoughts for how you can improve it. Um, and so it can work in either direction. Yeah, that's also another reason I really like C-Click Fix. Um, you guys are super responsive to just, you know, any concerns that you see. That mm. the, 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 the workshop that, that we just came from, that was fantastic, like just hearing everything that everybody had to say about that. I, I, I just, I, I think that you as an organization or you as a group are, are very open and understanding to both sides, both the citizen side of the engagement mm -hmm. and the government organization side of it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the things we run up against. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. really important. But it just makes me excited, you know, seeing the stuff that you guys demoed at the the workshop and, and hearing you talk about what, what's kind of down the line for you guys. It just, it, it makes me feel um, like, you know, this is, this is a good partnership. It's a good organization to be involved with. So um, kudos to you. And so Ben, oh, I how, appreciate that. how can cities learn more about C-Click Fix or sign up? Or what would you recommend if someone's listening out there and they're interested in learning more? Yeah, absolutely. So the best place for a government to learn about C-Click Fix is to go to gov.cclickfix.com. So gov.cclickfix.com has um, case studies with existing partners. I think there's a link to our old podcast series. Um, there's information about the product itself. Uh, and of course, there's there's information on how to get in contact with uh, someone in partnerships at C-Click Fix who can help onboard you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Our first guest. This was so fun. All right. Hopefully it's we hit record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, we did, I think. So thank you to our listeners. Be sure to engage with us on social media. And if you have questions or comments, you can use the hashtag GovGoneDigital. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think about this podcast. And we'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. Gone Digital.